Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. Today is another special episode during the COVID-19 crisis. This episode is on finances, specifically budgeting. If you are graduating from college this year and have never had to really think or worry about paying bills, then you might be interested in listening on how to start a budget. If you have found yourself out of work because of the COVID-19 crisis and have never had to be too concerned before about how you are going to pay your bills from month to month, then you might be interested in hearing about how to look at a budget for ways to save on expenses. Millions of people are out of work. They may not have received their unemployment insurance or their stimulus check yet. In New York, our governor, along with a number of other governors surrounding New York State, are working together to come up with a plan on how to restart the economy. I wanted to get some information out to help people take this time while in self-quarantine to plan for themselves and their family on restarting their own economic situation. I contacted my guest today to ask him if he would come on the podcast and talk to us about planning and budgeting. He will share with us some things that we can start to consider on how to create a financial budget. Let's get started. Today, my guest comes from Alliance Advisory Group. He is a business development associate. He graduated with a business marketing degree and a minor in finance. He has received his MBA from Niagara University. He is also a member of the Buffalo Niagara 360 Advisory Board and is a member of the Niagara University Alumni Board. Please welcome Dan Schlein. Thank you so much for joining us today on Sharp HR Career Corner. How are you faring these days with isolation and uh, distancing? Karen, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to have a conversation, maybe bring, bring some value and shine some light on some of the things that are happening. As far as how I'm faring um, and all this, all this uncertainty and confusion, really what's going on in the past month or so, I've been keeping as positive as possible. I've been doing pretty well. Everybody around me seems to be pretty safe and sound. So it's been, it's been a good experience as far as really getting down some of this technology stuff and transitioning to where I think a lot of businesses are going. So overall, pretty good for me. Yeah, it's been quite a transition. You know, we've kind of dabbled, I think, in technology, but we've really been thrown into how to use it the best we can. I think we're going to come out of it on the other end, uh, experts <laughs> in, in all Absolutely. different forms of technology. Yeah. Oh, when we were talking previously, you had brought up the idea of holistic planning. And I was wondering if you could kind of shine some light on that. What does that mean to you? Sure. So Dan Schlein from Alliance, as she was saying, financial advisor, business development associate. And our firm really focuses on holistic financial planning. And what that means to us is if I just pose the question or if I just pose the statement of everybody in the world has a size 10 shoe and, and people, people look at me like, what do you mean? I got a size 12 when I got a size eight. That doesn't make any sense. I don't have a size 10 where a lot of people take the approach of every, everybody's the same. Everybody's let's blanket advice. Let's do things like that. So holistic planning is taking approach. So maybe you just got a new job and there's work benefits. You got your 401k, 403bs, student loan debt, credit card debt. There's how much do I save? Where do I invest? There's maybe I had a kid. Do I get life insurance? Do I do college planning? 
how do we really make sense of all that and look at that as a big picture because everybody's different in their own ways and everybody has different situations and decisions to make. So I don't care if you're, you're 35 and you have a family and you have a kid that's two and you have the same friend that has as 35 and has a kid that's two, doesn't mean your situation's the same at all. So looking at everything really from like a 30,000 foot view and just to say, okay, how should we approach money? But then also diving in and saying, okay, every decision for this person is going to be a little bit different for somebody else. So having that really catered approach to look at money brings a lot of value to that certain situation when instead of maybe reading something online and saying, okay, cool, this is what I should do. We, we really want to dive in and, and understand the picture of somebody's scope and saying, okay, today I could be jobless having trouble doing this, or today maybe I'm, I'm an essential employee and I'm working extra and I got extra money coming in. So everybody's situation is different. And that holistic planning is how do we approach that? I guess you would probably say that many times people can be very emotional about finances and the decisions that they make um, within their finances, just based on the emotions that they're feeling at the time. And right now with the crisis, there's a lot of emotion going on. Yeah, absolutely. The emotional state of people right now is, is, is not great in a lot of certain situations. And when we talk around emotion and money, so I always say to people, money is mass and science. And, and logically it is. It, it, I could prove to you why this would be better than this based on numbers, sure. But what happens there is what we have to realize is money is really emotional. So I just uh, was talking to my sister and she actually just got a puppy. And in this circumstance, it really wasn't that expensive. It was maybe a good decision for all that good stuff. But if I was like, hey, financially, probably not a good idea to get that puppy. It, the, the mass and sciences behind it says that you don't have enough money. You're not saving enough. You're not doing this. Um, th- this is just an example. This has nothing to do with her. But in general, if I was said, you can't buy a puppy because it says you can't. Like the mass and sciences says no. Emotionally, you're like, what? I want that puppy. Do you see that puppy? Oh, here's a picture. Like all this stuff. <laughs> and that's one example. And another example from that is like vacationing. If I think the, my favorite place in the world would be Las Vegas, I really want to go. It's one of the most expensive places to go on vacation because everything that you do there could be very expensive. Well, like, okay, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Just because you go and put it on the credit card doesn't mean the maths and sciences behind the money said that you should probably go. So the, the really the point there is money is emotional to everybody. I can't just say, hey, you should do this. This is it. I got to really build trust in that person to say, just based on the situation, it might make more sense to go this way than this way. But laying out those options at least gives people the, the ability and the confidence to make those decisions for themselves. And there's probably a lot of fear right now with emotion and yeah. how to pay those bills. But I do think even for somebody who is pretty good organizer, pretty good budgeter, during these times when you don't know if there's going to be money coming in or which bills to pay first, the emotion can kind of get in the way of, of making those sound decisions. I find that when we were talking and you sent me your template on budgeting, when I look at that and you actually plug in the numbers, you don't realize on a day-to-day basis how you spend money. You know, you might spend a few bucks every day. But when you count that week or the month, how much you've actually put into one area, it it looks so much easier when you see it black and white. 
<laughs> in a spreadsheet sure. than when you're just spending money, when you're just you know going about your day and your week and your month. It doesn't seem like that much in a day, but at the end of the month, it really is. So I, I think that maybe one of the best ways to, if you feel like you are emotionally making decisions by putting it down on paper, you can kind of see some things that you might not actually see in other ways. So whether you want to do it on an Excel spreadsheet, whether you want to do it in a system or you want to do it written and you want to print it out and do it either way, you can, it's, it's as easy as really just printing it out and doing it. There's, there's, um, this file here that I think we're going to attach. Are we going to attach this for people? Yeah, we'll, we'll have it for them to use if they want to. Awesome. So yeah, it, it'll at least give you guys, um, a tool if you need it, or you can make your own and you can get creative. You can look them up. This is a pretty simple tool for you. But all this is showing just quickly, guys, is what do we, what do we really have to spend money on? And, and right now, some of those things might be like rent, mortgage, utilities. Some of those things might be like the auto payment, some of the insurances, things like that. And then those are have tos. Those are every month. Maybe right now there's some postponements. Maybe there's, there's some of that. But at the end of the day, you're going you're gonna to have to pay it in some way. Then okay, what are some things that maybe we don't have to pay for, but we, we like to pay for? So like food, for example, you can't really survive without going grocery shopping or ordering out, things like that. Uh, there's some other the, some other payments that you could postpone a little bit, but you pretty much there, that's uh, different things. Like there's there's a laundry list of, of those things that like laundry detergent and, and this, that, the other thing there. So what we really want to do is, is dive into that. I think really from a budgeting standpoint, I don't care what situation you're in, whether it's like how to, how to really dive into this stuff and have to find a dollar or two to survive, or it's how do I get more efficient and know I have to pay for this and the rest is mine to have some fun with or save or, or do all that other stuff. So the word budget is, I, I think it's more of a negative word. I try to use with, with my clients and people spending plan. That sounds like, okay, how do we, how do we actually spend this amount of money that we feel good about what we're doing with the rest? So little bit of a different story. Either way, to start really identifying some of these things and saying, okay, it's uh, we're mid-quarantine here. We're, we're a month in and some things I haven't really had too much of since, since we've started. And one example is my nitro cold brews at Starbucks. Very, very big Starbucks guy. I have run right next to my office at 600 Delaware. There's a, there's a Starbucks there. So between my coffee for me, for staff, for other people, I'm probably about $10 a day at Starbucks. So today it's been, I think I've had one since this started. So let's just, let's just count that. That's $50 a week I'm recapturing in Starbucks payments. Maybe, maybe personal training at the gym. That's something that my trainer, Chris Camerata, very, very awesome guys helped me so many ways from a personal training standpoint. But right now that's 50 bucks a week. I'm not spending on um, his training and things like that. He's still helping me out, which is great. But that's another recapture of dollars today. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, uh, there's multiple other things, dining out. Maybe maybe this is the time you, you could take that passion of cooking and you cook a little bit more. Maybe it's the time where you identify whether it's, whether it's serious radio or other things that you're not spending money on, recapturing some of those dollars. Because I'm not out with the friends on the weekend th- these days. I'm not doing a certain amount of things that I used to. So how do we get efficient around those dollars and start repositioning them one to maybe survive or two to really start building some of that, that nest egg, some of that savings and getting efficient around some of that today. So really big tool budgeting in general. I don't care what, 
I don't care if you're, you're, you're struggling or you're doing great. I think budgeting is, is a huge tool to help anybody at any stage. Is there a percentage that you should consider saving uh, either per check, per month, uh, on a regular basis? Sure. That's a really good question. And through our process, we identified that 15 to 20% of gross savings we want to wow. see somewhere on your balance sheet. So what I mean by that is we, we want to see money that you have access to and we want to make sure you're saving the right amount. So today, that might just be... If let's say that 20% to you is a thousand bucks a month and today you're saving none, I'm not going to say, how do we get from zero to a thousand? Yeah. It's, it's how do we get from zero to, to maybe 2%? How do we get to five? How do we get to eight? And really help people work with people on not only this stuff, but identifying where other flows of money are going and how do we recapture some of those dollars, whether it's through paying down debt really efficiently, whether it's through repurposing other dollars, whether it's through refinancing and things like that. So a lot of tips and tricks to do that. But if you can get to that ideal 20% savings rate, you will put yourself in such an unbelievable position financially to have such a runway in into retirement. And then when you're in retirement, how you can use all that those dollars are a whole different story, but put yourself in such a confident and clarity position to really just make such great decisions for yourself. Is it still recommended to have eight months of uh, money saved to live on if you needed to? Is, is eight months still the norm? Sure. So a lot of what you guys will hear is like three, three months, three to six months, things like that. And as you're seeing and, and eight months is, is more in the ballpark of what I coach and even higher than that. A reason being is I didn't foresee, my team didn't foresee this, this pandemic in any way. But what we did foresee is we, we know the market goes up. We know the market goes down. What we mm-hmm. did foresee is things happen from a job loss statement from our standpoint from maybe something happens and, and you can't work anymore from maybe a disability standpoint. Maybe there's a death in the family. There's so many things that can happen as well as opportunities. Like those were the negatives. Let's, let's talk about if your, your friend's opening that, that new company and you really want to help out and you really want to make an impact in that company uh, and hand a wedding, uh, buying a new house, opportunities like that. So whether it's negative or positive in that standpoint, we want to make sure we can live through the ups and downs here. So I get eight eight months is on the lower side. I say, let's get as close to a year in somewhere liquid on your balance sheet as possible. Because as we do that, whether something happens negatively or positively, it puts yourself in a pretty good position depending on, um, that's a really good rule of thumb, but depending on some of the other planning you're doing as well. Okay. And you know, I've heard the words good debt and bad debt. Can you kind of tell us the difference between those two types of debt? Sure. So it's somewhere in our process, we say how to live debt-free and living debt-free. And, and those are great words. I wish everybody came to me and said, hey, I don't have any debt. What do we, where do we put the money? Let's invest. Let's do this. But realistically, today, no matter during this pandemic or just in general, guess what's really high? Student loan debt, credit mm-hmm. card debt. Maybe there's some other debt that that isn't that great. So when I say the difference between good and bad debt, all debt sucks, guys. Let's just let's just be real here. I don't like debt as much as the next person does. And realistically, I wish everybody was debt free. And and I'm getting to the point where I'm almost there, just based on some of the other things that I'm doing, which is great. What I mean by good and bad debt here is 
So student loan debt is an example is student loan debt. You didn't say like, Hey, I'm a poor planner because I don't have enough money to put myself through college there. Or your parents didn't have like all that thing. That doesn't really matter. Student loan debt is, is because you went to school and you got educated. That's awesome. Maybe it's 10 grand up to hundreds of thousands of dollars because you went back to school. Maybe you got further education, whatever it is. That's good debt because if you just get efficient around planning to pay that off and you make sure you're not accumulating huge interest rates and things like that, that will be paid off eventually. That will be okay. That's something that people love to just throw as much money at as possible. And sometimes that's not the best situation for them. Another thing, let's not, let's go to the, the bad debt side. So actually, let's stay in the good debt side for a little bit. A mortgage. You're buying a house. That's an asset. As you pay your mortgage down, that grows that asset. It gets you to the place where you almost own more and more equity in your home, which is a whole nother thing for when you want to tap into that or when you maybe want to sell the house for a good premium, whatever it is. That's good debt as well. Just looking at analyzing that and saying maybe maybe I should do the 30-year mortgage over the 15 so I have more cash flow. Or does the 15 make more sense? I don't know. It, it just depends on your situation. From a bad debt standpoint, I will always make the example of credit cards. Credit card debt, when you're seeing 25, 28, 30% interest rates, that's tough. That's really yeah. tough to beat. So when you're like, okay, I got to save, I got to save, I got to save, but I have to pay down all this debt. So I want to pay down the debt, pay down the debt, pay down the debt. What I see on a day-to-day situation is people are paying their credit cards and student loans and all this debt. And something I teach my clients is pay yourself first, which is a whole nother concept here. And if you start paying the debt, paying the debt, paying the debt, and then something happens from a good or bad standpoint, some of those examples I gave a little bit ago, all of a sudden, Maybe you have to go, the, the car breaks down, you need a new car, swipe, pay down the debt, pay down the debt, pay down the debt. Hey, I'm, I'm going to get married next year. I'm going to put that on the credit card. I don't have savings, swipe. Um, and I could go on and go on and go on. And I call it the, the hamster wheel, the endless hamster wheel of debt because people aren't saving the right amount. They're not protecting themselves and they're putting themselves out where all they're doing is paying down the debt and then something happens and their whole entire plan goes up in the air. So let's get efficient around maybe looking at those credit cards to refinance. Some of the student loans can do this to refinance, consolidate, pay attention to those things because that can recapture cash flow. or let's, let's get efficient and make a plan around. Okay. Let's, let's pay it down this month. Let's do this. This is what we're going to do and actually know when you're going to have that paid down, but you have access to money along the way. Instead of literally saying, I got two grand, two grand's going to the debt. I got one grand, one grand's going to the debt. Because you can't really survive that way. Because if something happens in the meantime, good or bad, you put yourself in the position where you're going back into debt. And that would just recreate exactly what you just did for maybe the past couple of years. So that right. is why I talk about the, the hamster wheel of debt there. So if there's anything from that rant of me just yelling about debt here <laughs> is make sure you, you, you talk to somebody, whether it's an advisor you already have, whether it's a bank that maybe can help you reposition some of that dollars, all those things. Talk to a professional because, or if you're good at it yourself, make a plan, make sure you're being efficient, make sure you have access to money when you're paying down debt and you're not just chunking it away with literally no capital in any way for even like, Hey, I can't even go out to eat today because I just paid my student loan bill. Like let's, let's not, I know a lot of people are in that boat, but let's, let's try to get efficient so we don't keep ourselves in that boat for so long. Well, and you know, I think that when people think of financial advisors, they think about putting money into stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things like that. They don't talk about 
the budgeting aspect of it, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And I think you need to start with the budgeting part and a strategy for the future so that you can then take some of that money and then invest it. But you can't just all of a sudden say, okay, here's some money and start investing. You have to look at the whole picture. I don't think people are used to doing that. I think there's a stigma or there is a stigma around my, my, around my industry. And you guys can maybe know, maybe know someone that's a financial advisor. You might know an insurance advisor. You might know just a uh, stockbroker or investment advisor. You, you probably know somebody at the bank. Like there's all these advisors in people's worlds. And I actually, mm-hmm. there's actually five, an average person has five to 12 different advisors. And I, I usually draw this out, but I, I won't do that right now where I just named a bunch of them. Maybe, maybe we add like uncle Bill's giving you advice on stocks and bonds. Maybe we add that you're popping in casualty person, your CPA, this endless whirlwind of people that I asked in, in a meeting when I go over it, I said, what is the last time those people sat in the same room, all, all five to 12 of those people and had a board of directors meeting for you as the client? Everybody yeah. looks at me like, what? And, and the answer is never, because what happens is, is my, my dad's a CPA. So I'll give an example of a CPA. A lot of what CPAs do is they're, they they talk about taxes, right? Saving you money on taxes, being really efficient around taxes, tax, 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 because that's what they do. That's their job. Usually the, the number one thing they do is to save you taxes for today. They want to save you taxes on 2020's tax return. They want to make sure you're as efficient as possible today. And of course, they're looking at the, the long term and all that stuff, but that's their job. So for example, if you look and you're saving money on taxes, saving money on taxes, then someone else is like, well, why don't you, why don't you um, maybe pay the taxes over here? And an investment advisor is like, put all your money to an investment strategy. Your insurance guy's like, you got to get life insurance. What are you doing? And all these people. So where's like really the maths and sciences behind all these opinions? And it's not saying those people are doing wrong by you or, or any way. They're just really good at what they do. But sometimes right. they don't have that huge picture, that holistic planning picture to say, well, your stocks and bonds are positioned this way. So maybe your insurance plan should be positioned this way. And based on that, you should be doing this. Instead, it's like, okay, you make this much money, you're doing this, this is where the money should go. So mm-hmm. a lot of the stigma around my industry is they like to sell things in their arena where sometimes they don't have that picture. So when we talk about holistic planning, I'm not just talking about investing your money. I'm not just talking about life insurance. I'm not just talking about a majority of other things. I'm talking about maybe budgeting. Maybe it's paying right. down for you. Maybe it's saving strategies. Maybe it's some of those things. But it's it's how they all work together and yeah. how they can really play to each other's strengths to make sure you have a really holistic and sound plan that you fully understand and that you know you have confidence in and there's clarity around everything that's going on. So sorry, I just wanted to hit that point home. No, I think, I think you're right. I think that that's exactly what happens. I think people get intimidated um, about going to a financial advisor. I think that um, they do advice. get a lot of advice. Yeah, they get a lot of advice from a lot of different people. And um, I think that sometimes the fear of debt and all of that just is overwhelming. So they freeze instead of just taking steps. And so the holistic idea of all of this is a really good starting point. And I think more people should do that. And especially right now, I mean, we have more time on our hands. And so I find, you know, I'm purging, I'm cleaning, I'm doing things. And you can do that with your finances. This is the fridge. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh. Yeah. We don't even want to talk about that. (laughs) So can you give the audience three suggestions 
that they can do right now while they have more time on their hands to prepare, to plan, to create a strategy? What, what would be the top three things to do? Sure. Three suggestions. Putting me on the spot here. <laughs> the, uh, the first one we, we kind of hit home and we talked a good amount about was, was today is, is make a budget. And yep. I would love to call it a spending plan for you guys. So make a spending plan. Go through that template that we're going to attach to this video. Go make your own. Do whatever you want with it. But identify the things you have to spend money on. Identify the dollars that maybe you aren't spending today. Like the examples I gave of the coffee and maybe maybe serious, serious radio or personal training, things like that. And make a plan. So I know everybody's in a different situation. Maybe those dollars are going to be the ones you recoup to pay some of the stuff you can't pay because you're having trouble right now because maybe unemployment's not enough or maybe you're not making that yet or whatever it may, whatever your situation right. is, identify those dollars or you're in great shape. You're doing great. You're all, you, but you're, you're saving extra dollars. Okay. Now where, where do we put some of that, those dollars? Is it, is it a savings account? Is it this investment? Is it this? I keep getting a lot of calls on like, Hey, I need this. Hey, I need this. And I can't make a recommendation on this podcast or ever in general without the whole story. I can't just say, yeah, sure. Invest here. Cause you said you're young and you're, you want to be aggressive. Okay, cool. Let's throw your money here. I can't do that. So really have more of a picture of what, what your budget looks like. And then from there, maybe, maybe seek somebody out and an advisor or somebody to where the best places to put money are. Cause from that standpoint, when you seek somebody out that you trust and, and you, you know, that person and you trust them, you, you'll get the knowledge that you need instead of having, you can look up something and you'll find a hundred thousand good things about it and a hundred thousand bad things about it. Any strategy. I don't care if you type in 401k, what's good about a 401k, what's good, what's bad about a 401k. Mm-hmm. You can name, name any product, life insurance, investments, whatever it may be. And you'll get all those pros and cons. So make sure you, you seek something that you trust. But one, number one, I would say is budgeting. Number two could be somewhere in the range of, maybe we'll make it four things is seek somebody that you, that you, uh, that you trust to really start diving into that. And if you guys want to do a budget with me, I'm not going to charge you a fee. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell you anything. I'll, I'll help you walk through that. Maybe identify some things you didn't think about. Uh, perfectly fine with that, that we could, we could do that for 15. It'd be, it'd be great. Um, number two, really creating savings habits. And what I mean by that is, okay, we just identified some extra dollars and now we're maybe seeking somebody out or we're just thinking in ourselves, like, where do we put some of those dollars? And having a plan to save that money, paying yourself first, feeling really comfortable and confident around where that dollars are going, putting yourself in very, very positive position to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And then I would say on that front, now we're saving, we're saving, we're saving. How do we pay off the debt if there's that? Are we getting efficient around that? And the last thing I'll say is making that strategy of we're, we're budgeting, we're feeling good, we're saving. And then let's make a plan on if that's the real concern here to the people listening. Maybe you're coming out of school with student loans. You mentioned uh, the students coming into this. Maybe you're in great position and you're furloughed, you lost job, whatever it is. Make sure you have that time to position yourself where you know exactly when you're going to be able to pay that debt down. Have that Mm -hmm. plan. So whether it's crunching the numbers with somebody that you know and trust to help you do that, whether it's consolidating, refi, refinancing, things like that around that debt. If that's your number one concern, get efficient around it. Don't just randomly aimlessly throw dollars at it. I see that on a day to day and say, I just got a $2,000 refund for my, for my taxes. 
I'm putting 2000 of that to my debt. And I look at it all and I'm like, what? Sometimes great. That's the move. That's it. That's perfect. Other times I'm like, did you just like, I just felt like it. I, I didn't, I don't know. I, it's, so get, get a plan, get really clear. If you know exactly where you're spending money on, you know exactly how much you're saving, you know exactly where you're putting the debt, you know how good that feels. Yeah. You know how much confidence and clarity you have in your decisions. You know, mm-hmm. when you buy that extra meal, you buy your significant other an awesome gift, you do all that stuff and you feel amazing about it because you address the things you needed to address and you have the confidence and the clarity and the security to make those decisions and feel unbelievable about it. So having all those things really for our clients, for friends, family, for people in general, those things I described is what's called financial balance. That's when you're financially free and you're balanced and you're feeling amazing. And there's a lot of differences there, but make sure you put yourself in the position to feel awesome about everything. And sometimes it's a reality check of this isn't a tomorrow thing. I don't meet with clients and say tomorrow we're good to go. We did everything we needed. This is an ongoing relationship and an ongoing education process for those people to make sure that they're like slowly getting better and getting better. I'm not going to say let's pay off your debt and let's get saving and we're good to go. But maybe in a couple of years we are. Maybe you see the light of I said five years you could do this or I said two years. I said next year. I said tomorrow. And you're just like, wow, really? I could do that? And I show you how? Unbelievable. Get that confidence. Get that clarity. And I really don't care if it's me or someone you trust or someone from another agency. It doesn't really matter. But I want everybody in this world, in this country, in this area, mostly my community, but in in general, for everybody just to feel really good about it. So if you have any other specific questions, I would would love to have a conversation. Maybe I can shine some light. Maybe I can introduce you to somebody else. So if someone is ready now, you know, they've, they've listened to us. They think that a budget would be a really good idea. They want to come up with some kind of strategy and they're ready to talk to you. How would they get in contact with you? Yeah, I could uh, do, I want to throw, I could throw my contact information out. I mean, my call, my, uh, my office phone or send me an email. Maybe an email would be the easiest. I'm also on LinkedIn Dan Schlein, you can look me up on LinkedIn Alliance Advisory Group or Facebook. Um, got a business page there. So I guess the easiest way is shoot me a quick text or email. People contact me many, many ways. So I guess. And we'll, we'll attach with the podcast, um, we'll attach your information so that they can either email you or call you. Um, but they can find you on LinkedIn and they can contact me if they also want to sure. uh, reach out to you. We'll help them, you know, get started and and start a plan. I mean, it really is a, a great time right now to start things that you never thought you could and uh, get a head start. It looks like, you know, we're hunkered down for another month. So we got plenty of time to be doing this. Uh, well, I, I want to thank you so much for your time because I think that this is really important information. It's sometimes, you know, someone might say, oh, that's easy or I don't need a budget. When you actually see things written down in front of you, it becomes really clear on what you're spending and what you shouldn't spend and what you could spend and all of that. So I think it's a great start. So I really appreciate your time today. It's awesome. I will I will attest to you guys the best time to start planning was yesterday. So yeah. second best is today. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, thank thank you, Karen, for having me. This was this was great. I'm I'm glad I got to rant a little bit, shine some light, hopefully, and bring a little bit of value to somebody out there. So Thank you so much. And thank everyone out there who is listening. If you feel the need to get a budget started or just talk about your situation, contact Dan. He'll be able to get you on the right path. You'll start to feel, he says, clarity 
within this whole strategy of finances. We have some good information and resources here for you. So if there's anything we can do, Dan or myself, please feel free to reach out. And thank you again and hope you have a great day. Thanks again, Dan. Yes.